You're listening to the Viral Volley Podcast Podcast. Now here's your host, Rob, on the mic. All right, guys, week 11 finish. We're going to look at week 12 matchups because we're seeing all conferences in play this week. Yes, including the Big West, which I think is funny. We talked about in uh, the College Volleyball Weekly piece how Penn State's 10-0 and that Santa Barbara 3-0 in the Big West. So uh, definitely a uh, polarity there in the looks of conference play. But uh, we wanted to see what matches to keep an eye on this week, what you're watching or what's on your playlist. And obviously, guys, always go to the volleyballmag.com streaming and TV listens to see where everyone's playing or even off block or whatever resource gives you the best streaming information. But key is to watch these guys playing. I'm going to jump to, we've been going with Dan first, the other segment. So I'm going to go to Jay first and leave, you know, Dave in the middle. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, I, I know there's probably a couple that everybody's going to say. Uh, so I'll leave those. Those are, are pretty standard. I'm going to be watching NJIT Princeton only because the Battle of New Jersey uh, is always fun to watch. Those two teams, there's no love lost between them, uh, and it's going to be a fun one to watch. Princeton is necessarily not out of anything. They're, they're probably going to make the playoffs for EIBAs, which is good, and they've got a lot of young guys that are real talented, but it'll be interesting to see on that one. I'm also going to be watching Harvard and St. Francis, St. Francis started out the year pretty hot in conference, and now they've kind of cooled off a little bit. We beat them this weekend in three, and I know they went up to Princeton, and Princeton beat them. So they had a couple of losses. I'm interested to see how they rebound, and Harvard's a sneaky good team. They've got some pieces that can do some good things. The last one I'm going to watch, and only because I know he probably won't mention, is BYU Pepperdine. And the reason I want to watch that is Pepperdine just hung almost three games of single digits on Northridge. Almost. I mean, it's pretty gnarly to see a, a score where they didn't even get above 15 in any of them. And, and that was uh, that was a beatdown of epic proportions. I want to see if Pepperdine can do the same thing. And that's going to be against BYU. And that's going to be a fun match for me to watch. All right, Dave, how about you? We can't bet because the NCAA, but I'm if I could bet, I'd say we're not going to put up those scores against BYU. <laughs> that's just nor that hitting efficiency. I think it was the highest hitting efficiency <laughs> since 1985. So, um, challenge yeah, accepted. Would, yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to throw out the one that everyone would throw out right. Long Beach state and Santa Barbara. I just think that's going to be a good volleyball match. There's probably going to be about 900 digs. Um, so see, uh, you're going to see a lot of good volleyball being played and that's just fun to, to watch, you know, as a fan, right. There's just going to be a lot of long rallies and, and some good volleyball. So um, that one's cool. And then SC is at Stanford, I think. Mm-hmm. Is that? Yeah. Oh, I so, think so yeah. 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 So in the MPSF, if you go play Grand Canyon, Stanford or BYU, you're playing them twice, either at their place or they're coming twice to yours. Um, yeah. I just want to see what Stanford does, right? Like they end up beating UCLA or they, are they a team that consistently can perform or was that a little blip on the radar? It seems like they're getting better. I'm impressed by their libero play. So, um, and then SC's has been so steady, right? They have two pins that are just consistent and show up every night for them. The issue is as you go on in the season, if their production starts to dip a little bit, does, does that become problematic for them? So uh, that should be a fun match to watch. I wonder if they're going to be in Burnham or Maples, because that's going to make a big difference. I think for SC, because that, it Burnham that the crowd's like right on top of you? And uh... <laughs> I think both of them, they're right on top of you. At Maples, you got the 
you got those standing seats that are right there and usually they get some fan support from other athletes. So I think both of them are good crowds. All right, Dan, jump in. But well, I certainly mentioned some good ones. In Jay's conference, I'm curious to see NJIT play George Mason. So George Mason upset St. Francis. We're going to throw Jay some love here. So it's going to see if Mason can kind of recreate that against NJIT. In the conference, Carolina, as we were talking about Fred and his group, he's got, you know, Belmont, Abbey, and Barton. Can he come away with two more wins and continue to push that lead in that conference a little bit from that standpoint? Uh, and then in our own conference, um, you got uh, McKendry and Loyola. So McKendry beat Loyola. Uh, and so now I think uh, it'll be interesting to see this rematch a little bit. Uh, and then Lindenwood, who has kind of been under the radar and has some nice pieces. Ohio State and Ball State both have to go to Lindenwood. Uh, and that Ohio State Lindenwood for sure is an interesting matchup uh, <laughs> in terms of that. So, yeah. Well, uh, Loyola at Lewis this week, right? Oh, I, yeah, it's probably a pretty big one. Do you know what I mean? So, but it's not my place to mention, right? So, uh, but hey, we do have premium night that day. So, it's always a good cause and we're raising money. And uh, so, that'll be, should be a packed gym for sure. So, so you have to explain to our listeners and viewers what premium night is, Dan. Uh, so, we created a foundation uh, about three years ago. Our daughter was born uh, one pound, eight ounces at 24 weeks uh, and was in an EQ 115 days. And we created this. Uh, foundation called the Ray Strong Foundation and every year there's a women's game for my uh, wife's team and a men's game where we fundraise some dollars and then help out local families in the Chicago community as well as hospitals and nurses and we're actually giving a, a check for 5000 to the Louise Colette Foundation. Uh, they also help out uh, creamy families as well and so uh, but yeah certainly just trying to make an impact where we can. So. We'll definitely got to get it out there be sure to visit Ray Strong Foundation. I do believe it's on Facebook, and there is a website as well. Uh, yeah, racestrong.org. So you just look it up. Yeah. So there's some good stuff happening here in week 12, and uh, I think it could be a pretty big brawl fest. I mean, even the ones that that you've mentioned here, there's so many other ones that the, we've definitely got to take a peek at uh, through the week because that Belmont Abbey NGU, that's a that's a top two, top three teams in Conference Carolinas right there. So, and they're coming down the end their conference play, which is so weird to hear saying because in April's right around the corner and playoffs are happening and everyone's trying to jostle into their position for that tournament seed. So I um, want to thank uh, Dave Hunter Pepperdine, Dan Friend of Lewis, and Jay Hosick of George Mason here for College Volleyball Weekly on the Borrow Volley Podcast, the continued conversation from VolleyballMag.com. Good luck this week, guys, and have a great week. Thanks. See you guys. Yeah. A lightning round has been requested from the crew because they've got so much wisdom and they're quick on their feet and their brains are working for some of us at 6.45 in the morning. So, uh, well, it's different time across the nation, but we're going to go through our first topic, Conference Carolina Cruising. NGU alone at the top of the only conference loss to Erskine. Do they have what it takes to claim the, C the Conference Carolinas? We'll start with Dan and to Dave, then to Jake. Well, I think it'd be cool for uh, Fred because I think he's announced his retirement. Uh, and so if those guys could uh, find a way to kind of finish on top, it'd be a great way for him to go out in terms of that. But I certainly think they, they have the, the pieces and they're playing some good volleyball. Yeah. Dave. Yeah, my money is going to be on Mount Olive. I, I've probably seen them more because they've played more, uh, more teams that I'm familiar with, but I'm going with Mount Olive to win Conference Carolina's come uh, tournament time. 
Yep. And then Jay. I, I'm, I'm going to echo both of their sentiments and, uh, and say they're both going to be in the final <laughs> of the conference Carolinas. Um, That's a <laughs> yeah, it's a very politically correct statement. Now, Mount Olive is a very solid team. And obviously, you know, they're, they're outside hitter Aziz and they're setter and they're doing some really nice things. Um, and, you know, Dr. Fred Battenfield, hey, he's a pep guy. So he and, he and Marv back in the day worked together. Um, you know, he's a really, really good human being and a great coach and knows how to coach those kids up and has done such a great job there building that program. It'll be really cool to see him go out on a high note like that if he didn't, if, if, he's, uh, if he's retiring this year. And, um, yeah, I, th- I think those two teams are the ones that are going to be in the finals for sure. All right, next question or next topic. While the Big West was sleeping, why do I call it that? Because only two teams are in action. That would be Cal State Northridge and Long Beach State. Um, Big West, they're beginning to shape up the conference play. And I think a lot of things surprising have happened to this point as we've seen them in playing in other conferences. But what can shake down here now that Big West kicks into gear for week 12? We'll go again, Dan, and then Dave, and then Jay. Well, I believe Long Beach plays Santa Barbara, so that's, that's going to be a great match to watch for sure. And I know Hawaii's got Northridge. Um, I think Hawaii's certainly going to take both of those. Uh, but I'm excited about the Long Beach-Santa Barbara uh, match. So and kind of seeing how that takes and what shape that takes because we know Santa Barbara's playing some pretty good volleyball uh, and Long Beach has some nice pieces. So, uh, yeah, certainly I think Long Beach is still my favorite, you know, in terms of that. Uh, but I think, you know, we'll see how that goes. All right, Dave. Yeah, I think Long Beach and Hawaii are, are ahead up on everyone just in terms of physicality in that conference. Um, you know, if they play average and other teams play really well, I think Hawaii and Long Beach State still have the ability to beat those teams. So uh, that's a nice thing to have as a coach when you're going into matches like that. Uh, the conference tournament is in Hawaii, so I think Hawaii has a leg up uh, in terms of uh, a home court advantage for the conference tournament. So uh it seems like it's there a lot the last two years for sure so i think they have uh a little bit of a unique advantage in that regard but i think those are the two top teams i think santa barbara's playing well but um the other two teams are a little more physical than them but this week or whenever they play santa barbara and long beach we'll learn a little bit more jay the longest two and a half months of non-conference play in the history of mankind and now the big west is going to kick off their conference portion of their season basically i think they nailed it i think i think long beach and hawaii are definitely the two most physical teams i think santa barbara is probably one of the best teams uh and i think santa barbara and long beach are going to be the two teams in the finals of the, of the big west that are going to battle it out and i just think i think santa barbara is just so scrappy and they, they have so many you know offensive weapons that at any given moment can put the ball away and they're so fast i mean that's just that's that's a that's a style of play that not a lot of people are playing they're not very big but they're really good. Uh, and so I, I'm really excited to watch Long Beach and Santa Barbara this week. It's going to be a fun match. Yeah, Chalmers, Wilcox, and Todorov. Um, funny enough, though, side note, looking at the conference, he's got here Penn State 10-0. You have UC Santa Barbara 3-0 in conference. So uh, <laughs> big jump in for the Big West. Uh, we're going to jump to our next conference. I'm going to call it the EVA Elevation, or for all you guys who get bothered by that, the EIVA Elevation. Penn State's obviously undefeated, as I said, 10-0 in conference play. But the, here you have NGIT, Harvard, and St. Francis in hunt for that number two seed in the conference tournament. These streams are playing extremely well and looking to move up. But who's the favorite of the three to get that number two seed? Dan. NGIT. 
NJIT is my favorite. I know they went five with Concordia. Julian had a pretty, what, 31 kills or so, but NJIT is still my favorite to finish second behind Penn State. Uh, I think it'll be NJIT and Penn State uh, in the finals, uh, you know, from that standpoint, uh, and most likely Penn State taking it. But, uh, uh, yeah, they're my pick. It was NJIT and, and Charleston, I think. Yep. Concordia. No, oh, sorry, yeah. I bet Charleston, yeah. All right, Dave, jump in. Yeah, I, Penn State is head and shoulders above the rest of the EIVA, and I think the EIVA is down this year compared to where they have been in the past. And uh, the last few years, they've been really strong, and this year they're down, and Penn State's got a lot of returners. So can they stay dialed in and, and keep playing good volleyball? And then it's just hard to get a feel for, for where they're at. Like we mentioned earlier, they played all these non-conference matches early. Uh, I wish some of those were later so we can get a good feel for for where that team is and they're winning a lot of matches, but they should be winning a lot of matches because they're playing some inferior opponents right now. Yep. And then Jay. I resemble that inferior opponent remark. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I think, I think obviously Penn State's head and shoulders above everybody else this year. NGIT is probably the most prepared team besides Penn State. And, you know, the, the thing that I think Penn State, uh, has if there's a knock on them, it's that they, you know, they get they get to that point, and then can somebody just kind of squeak one out at the end? And they've just got they got so many veterans uh, that have been there, done that, know what it feels like, and that's that's where Penn State I think is head and shoulders this year. NGIT is is going to be uh, somebody later on down the line that nobody's going to want to play, uh, but I think if Penn State's hosting, it's comfortable. You know, they, they seem to score a couple extra points per set with the name on the front of their jerseys. But over the years, we've shown that, that that's not always going to be the case. But this year, they're, they're definitely the, the leaders of the pack. And, you know, we're going we're gonna to do our best. But I think NGIT is probably the next best qualified team to beat them. Yeah, Dan had referenced the uh, five-setter against Charleston. And I was looking at the box scores. And they had both setters playing, uh, Roque Nito and, and Grant Fissler. Uh, was there a substitution man? I didn't, wasn't able to, to watch the match. So I was wondering if you guys had wind of, you know, if there's a strategy change because they needed a bigger block uh, than Nito and they put in Fistler against whatever Charleston was doing because they, they obviously were giving them a hard time. So uh, any thoughts on that match? Yeah, I, I think, I think Nito uh, is not as physical of a blocker as, uh, as Fistler, but the, the challenge is that, you know, Charleston's got the outside hitter, Lachlan Bray, from Australia who he hits a real high ball. And if you're, if you put a matchup against him and Nito, you know, I like Bray's chances you know, a large portion of the time. I'm not so sure that that was the reason why they made the change. Um, I think it's more so that maybe Nito's getting back into the swing of things and, and they felt comfortable enough that they were going to be able to, you know, put the other kid in and, and still get the W. I don't think they wanted to go five, obviously, but you know, Nito hasn't played in a while. And so he's, he's probably not in playing shape yet, but you know, as the season wears on, he'll be fine. Yeah. All right. Our next conference, the last two are, there's a lot happening in here. And uh, this is Dan's home conference, the MIVA. We're called MIVA Madness. You got Loyola of Chicago and Ball State at 7 1. Each have to play Lindenwood, Quincy, and of course, Lewis uh, here in the upcoming weeks uh, before they meet each other head to head on April 7th at Gentile Arena. What should we expect these next few weeks from these two MIVA teams? Dan. Well, I think Loyola and Ball State kind of lead the pack for sure. You're kind of seeing a cluster of the next four or five teams, but they've kind of separated themselves. And I would be surprised if one of them's not winning league. I think it'll boil down to kind of which one hosts. 
I really do. I think it's going to be between those two in the end. You might get an upset by one of the other teams if you get uh, Ohio State or McKendry, us, Linwood, any of that stuff. But I really do think it'll be those two. And uh, if Ball State's host, I think they win. If Loyola hosts, Ball State's only won there a couple of times in the past 20 years. You know what I mean? In terms of that. And so uh, that match is interesting at Genteel coming up uh, in a few weeks. Uh, but both those guys have to stay clean against some of these other tough opponents. I mean, they lose one here or there, then they're not hosting at home in the end, and that could hurt them in terms of that. So uh, I think that'll be a key component. Yep. Uh, Dave? Yeah, I agree with Dan in terms of a lot of times it's not about who you beat, but it's about who can you avoid the bad loss, right? So did you beat the teams that you were supposed to beat? And uh, Ball State maybe hasn't won there in 20 years, but they got a new coach. He doesn't know that, you know, and he's doing a great job with that group, and you're seeing them, I mean – other than their opposite, right, that they had picked up that didn't get to play last year. I mean, those pieces have been there for them, but they're playing different volleyball. And that's what a fresh look can do for you sometimes. So, um, yeah, I, I haven't seen either of those teams enough to to know who's going to pull it out. But I know that Loyola was picked to, to win that conference originally. So I, I'd probably say they're still my favorite. Yep. And then Jay. At Donan's changed the culture there. You know, Ball State is now – I don't want to say they've never been before, but they're, they're now in a moment where they're feeling like, hey, we, we belong at the big dance and we belong to be champions and we belong to beat anybody anytime. So you get that kind of mentality going through and guys have bought into it. It obviously seems like they're a dangerous team. And I think Dan nailed it. It's it's it, whoever's hosting. I mean, you're you're comfortable, right? You're in your gym. You're in your own bed. You're you know, you got all the the, the accoutrement, if you will, that uh that make you feel like you're you're just in a comfortable spot. So um, that could be a real game changer. But yeah, if either Loyola or Ball State are in somebody else's gym, they're they're just as good. I mean, they, they can pull off a win just as easily. That was a pretty big word for somebody that has a sign in the back that says, "I drank what." You know? That's right. Well, if you if you remember <laughs> if you remember that was Socrates' last famous line. So you know, I've got a little bit of an education. Got a master's Look degree. At that. Got Look a at master's that. degree. Damn. <laughs> Well, I want to add that, you know, uh, I don't know if you guys remember that old 80s song, Send Me an Angel. Ball State has Angelos Mandalaris. And talk about how that's when he's on the court, changes that team. They've become so much stronger. They're good with uh, Caleb uh, Janess, but I mean, when Angelos is on the court, you got to focus so much effort on him as well. So, and then of course, you had, we we're looking at uh, Loyola's Cole Schlotthauer. Started off the season, had an early injury, and who stepped up? PVB, Parker Van Duren. So, uh, that's going to be an interesting match to, uh, to watch in the end. That's uh, the other piece is you got a freshman who has fantastic numbers on the opposite, but you got uh, an All-American on the opposite international guy and a four or five-year other outside. I just think that's going to weigh out in the end, just my opinion, and a senior fifth, six-year setter. So, uh, but yeah. Yep. Well, our final conference, we're going to look at the MPSF Dave's Home Conference. And I thought I'd bring up this great graphic, again, brought up by our friend over at Volley Venue. He looked at it at such a great way. He called it the, and if you haven't seen it, you got to go on to Instagram and see it. It's called MPSF's Circle of Parody. So I'm going to read the caption that's in there. It says, with Stanford's upset of a number one UCLA last week, the MPSF is the first men's D12 conference to complete its Circle of Parody. This means that UCLA beat GCU, GCU beat Pepperdine, Pepperdine beat SC, SC beat BYU, BYU beat Concordia, Concordia beat Stanford, and Stanford beat UCLA. 
who wins the conference this season? Yeah, we'll start with Dan. Well, uh, I think that's, I think it's, firstly, I think it's Pepperdine and UCLA in the final. So how does that work on the host for these guys? Is it, is it the highest seed or is it like the big West? Highest seed. Yeah. The highest seed. Yeah. So I think it's those two in the finals. I I do think uh, SC and GCU are going to be right there. And some people are probably thinking, well, how do you not have SC in the final? But I've got Pep uh, and UCLA uh, in terms of that. And so I think, uh, it's going to be tough. I think this the second round of conference play for them. And who's coming up? It's BYU at Pep and then um, uh, GCU at Concordia. And so you know, Concordia can be that spoiler, too, that can kind of get a couple of other wins uh, coming down the road here as well. So, All right. Over to Dave. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of good matchups coming up. We have to play UCLA and BYU. Uh, UCLA has to play us in, in SC and – I mean, that's the deal. When you have 12 conference matches, there's a lot riding on all of them. So I think it's going to come down the last week to see who's going to end up hosting. Um, And then it just, you know, our conference tournament takes place over four days. So who could be good over those four days? So we'll see. I think a lot of teams stand just hit on that. A lot of teams have shown that they're good. Stanford, you know, has, has talent as well, right? And Concordia goes and battles. And I know Riley doesn't have all the talent that he will in a few years, but he's doing a great job of getting them to play good volleyball. So uh, top to bottom, I think it's going to be tough. Uh, the conference winner gets a bye for the first day, and then they're right into it. So um, I don't think it, we're similar to the Big West. Nobody's really played enough conference matches to know who's going to end up winning conference, uh, at least the regular season. But it's going to be a fun postseason. Yep. And then to Jay. In the words of one of my favorite coaches, Dan, you made a great reference to a couple of teams that'll be in the finals, but not so fast, my friend. I don't think it's going to be Pepperdine in the finals. I think it's going to be SCUCLA. Um, not that I don't think Pepperdine's a good team, and obviously they've beaten USC, so that's not what I'm saying. But I think SC and UCLA over the course of the season have shown that they are the two teams to be reckoned with. I think Pepperdine and Stanford um, are the next and Grand Canyon are the next two or three teams that could upset somebody at any given moment. Uh, and I think, I think Concordia and I think BYU are going to be towards the bottom of the pack. And if they get hot at the right moment, they could do some things, but I think it's going to be USC, CLA in the finals. Um, and either one of those teams, I think can win. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to jump on and add on to what Jay said. I think BYU, cause they hit a streak, um, Everyone sleeps on them a little bit, but they, when you watch them on video, they're going to be a handful for somebody. My guess is they get an upset win in the first round in the MPSF playoffs because they're just, obviously something happened where they just missed their starting center, right? So that's going to cause some problems, but they have a lot of good pieces. And if the setting situation gets smoothed out, it's, it's going to be problematic for a lot of teams. If there's the MPSF tournament, give the one, two seed a buy in that first round. Just the one seed um just with yeah having having an odd number of teams it's just the one seed so we play wednesday uh then semifinals are thursday then there's a day off and then saturday the byu could end up as high as the what four, five seed and then play the they would end up playing the four seed is that what it would work out i think they've i think they've only played four conference matches right gcu and concordia so they mm-hmm. can end up i mean they can end up pretty high because I think we all have four <laughs> conference matches. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Here's a final topic bar rundown. Top athletes of the week. Dan, go. 
Oh, gosh. Uh, Angelo Mandelaris uh, led him to two wins against Ohio State, had a big alumni thing for Don Shondell, and then Quinn Isaac along with him on those teams, two key wins for them uh, against a, a big conference rival that's down the street. So, Okay, Dave. Uh, I Yeah, I got to go with my own guy, uh, Alex Gettinger. I think he hit 700 for the week. You know, his first match starting this year, he comes out and hits six something, and then he follows that up by hitting 800, 13 for 15 and <laughs> on Friday night. So, um, yeah, even those numbers against anybody are impressive. So he did a nice job. Yep. And then Jay. I got to give this kid some love. He hasn't gotten enough all season. Call, uh, Cole Bogner from Penn State, the setter. Uh, does a real nice job throwing the rock around the gym. Uh, he's a great leader on the court. He's emotional. He's fiery. He's a competitor. Uh, you know, and he just, he just never, it, there's never a moment that it seems like they're out of system and that's scary. Uh, and reminds me a lot of uh, a young Tyler Hildebrand where you almost want the pass or the dig to be out, you know, out away from the net, so to speak, just to see the kind of creativeness he can do. He's a great setter. You're going to see him play professionally, I'm sure, after his career is done. I wish it were this year that he was done. I think he's coming back for another year. But, you know, and he should get a shot at the national team at some point. The kid's legit good. There we go. After 11 weeks of NCAA D1-2 men's volleyball action, that's Dave Hunter Pepperdine, uh, Dan Friend of Lewis, and Jay Hosick of George Mason. Good luck in week 12, and uh, thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks. See ya.